Real excited to bring on CJ, our first recurring guest coming on back here to the porch with me. We're going to talk all things baseball. It's going to be really fun to kind of get his perspective. CJ always brings a real Yankee-tainted lens to his conversations, and rightfully so. They're they're one of the best teams in not only the American League, but in baseball in general. And the AL's got kind of the stronger-looking uh, power trio to start the season with the Twins, the Yankees, and the Oakland A's as well. And I said the Oakland A's are in that mix. We'll talk a lot about the A's, their fight there with Houston, getting scrappy, uh, free Ramon, free Ramon Lariano after what kind of happened there. We'll talk about that a little bit. We'll get into the struggles of uh, my buckos and and kind of a optimistic, rosy look for the uh, Cincinnati Reds and maybe the possibility that you could see fans in the ballpark there for them. So uh, grab that uh, cold beverage it's at night or uh, your coffee if it's in the morning. Keep it Phil style, obviously, with the coffee. And uh, we look forward to talking with you a little bit here on the porch. I, I'm sitting here right now as we uh, look at the standings, and we're almost a quarter of a way, or if you want to say a third of the way, or if you're a Cardinals fan, you're <laughs> you've played five games. <laughs> so, I mean, man, you, you get down to it. This this thing, this season has just been so funky, man. What what's your first impression, CJ, of, of what we've seen so far? Um, I, my first impressions are it has not been. It's not been as bad as I thought it would be. Um, from it's fantastic, seeing, right? It, it, right? It, it is. I, no fans in it has made it a little a little weird. They've had some teams do the the cardboard cutouts, but I think the players have found a way to kind of make it their own. You saw Andrew McCutcheon. What was it yesterday? You know, fake tossing balls to the cardboard guys. You know, like the 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 sound guys are pumping in crowd noise. Um, but it, it's just good to see the game back again. Um, but I thought, I think the game has found a way to baseball has found a way to kind of just make it work, um, outside of the hiccup there with the Marlins and obviously the Cardinals. Other than that, it has worked beautifully and fantastically. Um, ratings are through the absolute roof. Cause people love the game, man. And we got it taken away from us for a while. And yeah. We're like, wow. We didn't well, appreciate it enough. Yeah, and I thought Major League Baseball did a good too, job dude. with their MLB TV. Um, oh, it's great, man. I mean, the fact that I, I'm sitting here right now watching the Dodgers-Padres, I paid $50 the entire season. Mm-hmm. is insane to me. Yeah, jumped all over I that, too. I can sit too. there and watch every single, every single game. It's, it's an incredible buy. I mean – Great job by MLB doing that. They've got a lot of national games on too for people. Uh, I've, I mean, like you said, man, the cu- cutouts have been great. The stadium atmosphere. Uh, there's one team that I'm going to pick on, and I'm going to pick on your your beloved Yankees. Okay. When I watch a game from hey, Yankee hey, Stadium the, by, by at this way, point, just real quick, league, league leading Yankees. So you know, make it make sure we say it with a little bit of respect. Uh, well, here's the deal. There's no atmosphere at those games. It's tough to watch them. They are not pumping crowd noise in there the way some of these other teams are. Uh, they were a little bit more tonight. Um, I, I see that that'll definitely change. Uh, they're off tomorrow, um, but with Boston coming in, I expect that to change a little bit. Um, and I think some of that is I, I think some of the stadiums guys are trying to figure out and learning how to do that to make it sound as natural as possible. I think some of that's been a little bit of the curve, um, but I, I would agree with you. Theirs hasn't been probably the best but i feel like it's been starting tough to, get a to watch better. the yankee games man it's been tough to watch the yankee games not if you're a yankees fan because they keep winning well <laughs> no i mean i enjoy watching the games but theirs is theirs is less believable to me than any other that i've that i've seen to this point and i you know and i i don't I don't no, I mean think... to spare Yankees fans at all when I say that, but it's just it's not been an enjoyable product for me on television as much as I would like it to have been I, with I, some I, of the boppers the Yankees have. Yeah, I think that that's kind of a fair fair criticism. Um, and I've been watching. I I bought the MLB TV thing too because that's just a heck of a deal you couldn't pass up on. Um, and I obviously I'll watch it with the Yes Network for you know Michael K and Paul O'Neill and David Cohen mm-hmm. those guys. Um, if they hear this, good job guys, keep up the good work. Um, they've kind of mentioned it a little bit as well. Um, so I think you're, I, I, like I said, I, I, 
I personally believe that's going to start to turn, but I, I that that's kind of an honest opinion, and I can't completely disagree with you on yeah, it. It just, has been a little a little different. I just feel like theirs has not been to the same level of all the other teams that I'm watching games from their ballparks, and I'm not quite sure why. Um, with it being the Yankees, I would have expected it to have been. You know, top notch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you would have thought it would have been just out of this world. Um, but there's also been some hiccups too. I mean, I was watching a t- Twins Pirates games. The, uh, the the infamous now drone delay from 2020. Um, <laughs> same day, and they're just blaring Mac Miller lyrics in between, essentially pitches when Joe Musgrove's on the mound, and then when Kenta Maeda was on the mound for the Twins. Crickets, just just the normal show, uh, MLB the show crowd noise that all all the stadiums have been using, just kind of simulate that for the players. Unbelievable, yeah. Uh, like that I you said, see I think... some of that going on at times. So some of the sound guys need to get their 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 shit together, quote unquote. Uh, I would say, and and know the game, and not just throw some intern up there because if you if you're not doing it right. People are noticing big time right now in 2020 in the COVID season that we have going on here. Yeah, and I I, I think they're kind of on a learning curve with it too. Um, you know, what's too much, what isn't enough. So I think as we go along on this, I think you're going to start to see it it get a little better. At least that's the that's the hope. Well, yeah. I mean, you you like to think. I would have loved to hear in the crowd crowd reactions there uh, when Ramon Lariano just took off toward uh, the Astro dugout there on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, that was, that was interesting. That I loved, uh, I loved it. Hey, here's the thing. Ramon Liriano gets hit twice by the Astros. They got hit five times on the weekend. And then the, the hitting coach is chirping at him in a pandemic. Now, granted, supposedly he went over there because he said something about his mama. So the, your mama jokes were off the hook there. But, I mean, come on. If, if you're really – Ramon Liriano, I mean, what are you doing going over there? But, first of all, I mean, Centrone get 20 games and Ramon Liriano is now, I think, at six. It's just – yeah, just disgusting, man. But I love that it's Braden breaking it down on MS, on NBC uh, Sports Network out there in Oakland. Braden just – the way he the way he kind of brought that to you was incredible. He knows something about uh, <clears throat> going after a guy. Can't forget about him and the infamous A Rod one. Oh yeah, hey man, get off my get off my fucking mound, and I loved every minute of it from Dallas Braden, man. Oh, he didn't. Hey, he doesn't shy away. I got. He's a warrior, dude, man. And you know what? Too, what's cool about him? Think about that game that he threw, the the game on Mother's Day with his grandma. Man, he's all Oakland. He's he's a cool catch. You gotta love Dallas Braden. Oh yeah, I, 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 I love the A's, man. I mean, I've got I've got him winning the AL West, CJ. Uh, you know what? Something I kind of want to—I want to get your opinion on some of these here. I've, I've put in some some baseball uh, season prop bets, and okay. uh, one of those is the A's, by the way, and Ramon Lariano, Uh for them to win the AL West. 80, 80 bucks put down to win one hundred and forty back. Yeah, that's looking that, pretty good right now, and yeah, it is. Uh, they're, I mean, they're they're a good team. I don't think anybody would have would have argued that. Um, obviously, their biggest hurdle uh, was going to be Houston, um, which you know. So I, I, you know, I don't think that's a that's a bad one. Uh, that's a pretty good pick to to win that division. Yeah, I mean, hey, but, but Ramon Liriano, you got you got to give him a little bit of. I mean, I'm not a fan of charging the other team's dugout the way he kind of did. But with it being the Astros, I think we're all kind of in on it. Uh, last year when Amir Garrett did it versus the Pirates, I'm kind of like, what in the world is this guy doing? Um, but also, man, on Citron's behalf, man, like at least if you're going to start it, at least go out there and man up and have the cojones to, to really go after it and talk about it a little bit. And he he didn't really. No. The players no, kind of <laughs> took, took, took his – kind of took him by the hand and, and didn't allow him to get hurt. Yeah, no, I'm kind of with you like that. If you're, you're going to chirp and start it, I mean, at least at least go out there. I mean, you know, you might end up in a Don Zimmer-Pedro situation, but, hey, at least he went out there. Uh, Centrone looked a little – hey, Centrone looked a little more uh, – a little more able to hold his own, I think, than 
Then our boy Don Zimmer. Then our ninety-year-old Don Zimmer. Hey, hey, speak. Speaking of Don Zimmer, Yankee love, man, go ahead with Don Zimmer. I'm sorry, I did not mean to cut you off because you had something gold with Don. I'm hoping. Well, yeah, I mean, he was. Everybody gives Pedro a hard time for throwing him down. Don Zimmer was halfway to the ground before Pedro even touched him anyway. Man, he was literally falling over, running over there to him. I mean, (laughs) oh. Hey, Yankees, Red Sox, man. And back then, they were, those were some heated games because the Red Sox were so were so angst-filled wanting to get over the top versus the Yankees and had the team to do it. But just mentally, they believed in the curse before Schilling got there. And then, hey, man, he, he kind of kind of was able to get him over that hump. But, man, Don Zimmer, what a – I still remember looking at that uh, – the Army. He got wearing that Army um, helmet there in the dugout, just – a lifetime baseball guy. Oh yeah, a guy that you you kind of kind of love. Um, so you know, I, I I'm gonna go ahead and say Ramon Liriano, uh versus Alex Centrone a little bit more of a fair fight than the old Zimmer Pedro bout. From oh yeah, ago. that that's definitely a much better fight. <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of the Bronx Bombers, uh, the new the new acquisition Garrett Cole, uh, video surfacing there a little bit of him. Spending a little extra uh, long time up there on the on the cap, getting a little sticky fingered with it. That pine tar. What are your thoughts, CJ? Honestly, personally, to me, pine tar's been a part of the game forever. I don't think it's a huge deal. Maybe a little less of a Garrett, so your fingers don't literally freaking stick to your hat. But other than that, eh, I'm okay with it. I, yeah, I, I've always been okay with it. If you talk to a lot of a lot of guys that played. Uh, especially pro baseball. Uh, to me, I, everybody talks about, oh, they get a better spin. Eh, not necessarily. And I'd much rather the guy who's throwing it 90 mile an hour um, have some control and know where it's going. Um, that gives me as a hitter a little bit more comfortable, you know, a little more comfortable in the box. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm with you. Don't, you know, don't make it that quite that obvious. But I mean, you the know, only devil's advocate for it is this year with the safety protocols and everyone having their own personal flipping rosin bags down there. That it's like, man, Cole, you really are kind of going out on a limb here doing this. You're really not supposed to be doing that this year. That's the only kind of eh rub yeah. that I have on it personally. No, and I, I no, no, no. I, I can understand where you're coming from on that. Um, you know, but I mean, but I, I love there, the Coltrane, man. I mean, he's. He was There's, my dude in, in Pittsburgh, and look how great he was in Houston. He's a great pitcher. So to to say that that's part of the reason why, like you've seen some people floating around there, you, you're 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 off your fucking rocker, and, and you need to reexamine yourself if you consider yourself a baseball fan. If you're gonna yeah, call out Cole that he doesn't have the stuff, it's all cheating wise from a pine tar thing. Come on, nah, I think most people are better stuff. than that. But yeah, come on now. But I mean, I, you know, you you've seen some of the people all. Came from the Astros. It's a bunch of cheaters. Continue cheating ways, yada yada. And come on now, Cole's an elite talent. And, and let's let's get past let's get past a little pine tar being yeah. an issue here. Yeah, because then I think some of the pitchers too are having to kind of to reevaluate because you know they can't you know step off, lick their fingers, and kind of re get that tackiness. So they're trying to find other ways to do that. To me, if you're going to take some some things away from you, you got to give them a little more leeway of the other direction. Um, you know, as long as they're not out there caking it in their hands, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and Hey, and Cole, Cole is uh, probably going to throw game one of uh, that, that uh, initial weekend wild card playoff series against Indians. He better be good. Cause if the Indians come in there as the eight seed versus the Bronx Bombers. I don't know. I can't wait to watch that. Yeah, he's yeah. Well, yeah, they're gonna make You'll sure be shaking he's the... in your boots, buddy. If that happens, you know you will. Yeah. Hey, you better be ready for Cleveland if they're the eight seed. I wouldn't be so confident. I like my lineup, and I love my bullpen. And uh, the good news for the Bronx Bombers, uh, our boy, uh, the Cuban missile through a simulated game felt good. He should be back in another week or two. So we'll get that guy back in the bullpen. As good as Chapman is, he's not the Chapman of old. No, that bullpen is insanely good. And really in the AL, I mean, you know, we're kind of sitting here talking and kind of forecasting ahead. So we might as well do it. 
we're at the quarter point or the third of the season. The Yankees are going to probably be the one, and if they if they end up placing Cleveland as an eight seed or the White Sox as an eight, I mean Cleveland scares them. I think right. If you, if you face the White Sox or the Tigers, you're not really worried about them. No, I, or I think, Baltimore for crying out loud, potentially or Toronto. Yeah, I I think Cleveland would scare you a little bit more, uh, simply just because you know any any Terry Francona managed team you know is gonna is going to play hard. They're going to play the right way. They're not going to do a lot of things that beat themselves. Um, yeah, so that, that'll that work out, I think. But, um, yeah, I think Cleveland would, would scare you a little bit. But other than that, I think they, you know, with, with that lineup and everything, I think they should should be able to handle that series. And, uh, more than likely coming away as the four seed, and then getting to face, I would say you're probably going to see them end up facing. Now, I, I don't, I don't know about this, CJ. I, I'm not quite sure, but does it matter? If the A's end up being the third place team, and then the worst of the second place teams is Texas, or say. So, I mean, does it matter in that seeding process there uh, who is the second-place team in the division versus, you know, let's say Oakland ends up finishing behind the Twins and the in the uh, in the Yankees. They're the three-seed. But then, obviously, the second-place team from the West, either being Texas, Houston, or, or the Angels at this point, looks like it's going to have the sixth-best record. Are they going to allow that to go? Or are you just going to go West – in the West playing each other in a 3-6 matchup so Oakland just gets an automatic into that next game? Well, not necessarily, but I mean, you get where I'm coming from there. It feels a little bit easier of a matchup for them. Yeah, my... That's why they were not going to allow people to pick their opponents, which I really like that idea. Yeah, that's. I'm trying to really see how they're going to do that. To me... Because from the way I understand it, is they're just—I mean—they're pretty much going to seed it, and that's you know one through one through eight, and just however it falls, it falls. Yeah, but but um, I'm pretty sure uh, that you know the second place teams all get automatic bids. So let's say the Rangers are the second place team, or the Astros are the second place team, and they got the sixth seed. Are that is that just how is that just how it's going to go, or you know? Are we going to be destined for the Rays versus probably the White Sox or the Indians? You know what I mean? Like, I that's just real intriguing how that's going to kind of play out there. Yeah, because it is going to look a little differently. And I was trying to see if they had kind of released anything really definite on that. And I don't. Because, I mean, that. That could really kind of – and even if you look at the way the NL would break down right now, I mean, you would have the Marlins as the three seed hosting – it would actually be Atlanta as the as – the, uh, Atlanta would be the – actually, Atlanta would be the five. Cincinnati would be the six. So, it wouldn't, it wouldn't break down the same way uh, in the NL that way. The Reds yeah, right now would be in the playoffs as bad as they have been, as underachieving as they have been. They would be in the playoff season at this moment. Yeah, because the because the way it looks, the way they're going to do it is they're going to seed it one through eight. So it's how you finish. Obviously, one plays eight, two, seven, three, six, four, five, um, and then, so it does not matter. It does not matter if you're the second place team. You could still be the eighth seed in the postseason. Yeah, that's yeah, that's you, you that's, just get entry by being second place. Seeding is done by record. Yeah, that's the way it looks like it's it's set up to be. Um, with obviously the winner of one eight playing the winner of four five, mm-hmm. uh, and the winner of two seven playing the winner right. of three six right. in the division right. series. Okay, okay. I mean, that's hey, you got to survive that opening weekend. That's all you got to do. I feel like uh, speaking of survive, I feel like the Cubs are going to survive and grind out even as bad as their bullpen is a postseason spot in the NL. The rest of the Central is kind of garbage. I mean, Milwaukee's hanging, but they're not any good. Who knows what's happening with the Cardinals? I mean, yeah, it's going to be a lot of wear on them. They're the one team that could do it. The Pirates are obviously not there. So. Yeah, because what's funny is, is if you look at the standings, you know, Chicago 
has somehow smoke and mirrored yourselves to a 12 and three start. I mean, technically St. Louis is in second place and they're two and three. <laughs> well, Hey, they've had a lot of good starting pitching and they've been able to score enough runs and hit, hit the ball in the ballpark enough to where they've won a lot of games. They really have. You got to give David Ross a lot of credit for getting that team ready to play to start the season. And you know what? They've played Milwaukee a few times they've played the Pirates, and they've won those games. They've taken advantage of teams that they probably should be able to beat. Uh, give the Cubs credit for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they've they they've come up with with timely hits and big hits when they've needed them. Um, yeah, the the one thing too in this is uh, you see the teams that are most of them that are leading or are five hundred or above at home, uh, which is a big deal. Um, those games you got to find ways to win, and that's true even in a normal season with with fans. Um, you know, they've been very very good at home, um, and then they've they've been good on the road. Like you said, they've Milwaukee and Pittsburgh. They've kind of feasted on a little bit. So, you know that that that's what's going to be interesting. And the Cubs uh, do have see. fans, man. They have fans across the street in those rooftops. I saw them when the Buckos were playing over there. They actually interviewed a Pirates prospect, uh, a draft pick, whose mom worked for like a health insurance company and had a bunch of signs at Wrigley. So he was there able to watch. So there are some fans there for the Cubbies. They just got to pay like 400 bucks to sit across the street. <laughs> Better than the CGI fans. Um, so, I mean, also just speaking more in the playoff rest, I feel like the NL West is probably going to have at least three teams. And Arizona is hanging around to where they might be able to outlast if Washington doesn't get it together, if the Mets don't figure it out, if Philly keeps losing games because of that bad bullpen, maybe Arizona could still creep around. But I think the Padres, the Dodgers, and the Rockies are all three going to – are punching tickets to the postseason. The way they're playing right now, if they continue that for another week or two, they're going to be tough to, to catch. Yeah, well, and that's going to be the interesting thing too is, is you talk about the East. Um, yeah, I think we both – both agree that that that's probably going to be a Braves division. Uh, Atlanta should win that. That's, I, I know they lost. Uh, you they, know, you know, I know they just lost two in New York, but I mean that, well, that's a good thing, baseball that team. Is not the pitching though, man. I mean they're relying now on Max Freed, and that's about it. Uh, I mean the Soroka injury is huge for them. The Braves rotation, they've really got some issues there. I think they'll still hit their way to that division. I think you're right. The Marlins that are playing tough. That young pitching is kind of hanging around, and they're they're. I mean, I'm surprised they're still in first place after not playing for as long as they did in all the COVID cases to be eight and four right now. And then yeah. Washington just Washington's just hanging there though, man. And they've got to feel pretty fortunate to only be three games out right now. Yeah, they're only three games out. And, and the interesting thing is, as you look at that Washington team. Um, they didn't have to deal with the World Series hangover, but I mean, they they lost some some big pieces, um, either due to free agency or opt out um, for this team. Um, so I think hang around is going to be kind of what they do. Um, obviously, you know, we still got the trade deadline, so who knows what happens? Though. There's been some pitching injuries there. Yeah, with with Strasburg not making all of his starts and and Scherzer leaving one a little early. I think in the end, I kind of actually like the Nationals to come away and win that division now with Atlanta having some problems with their health in the starting pitching. I mean, look what happened this week for Atlanta going to New York and kind of getting bombarded. Granted, a lot of teams are going to do that. But I think Atlanta is still a postseason team, don't get me wrong, but I'm not sure that they're going to make it to the to – the, uh, win that division. I think the Nats might come back and grab it from them. Yeah, if you're the Braves, you really got to get that starting pitching thing figured out. Um, you know, their their guy today kind of was flirting with disaster. He had some command issues and if you you lose command, especially to a lineup like New York has, you're going to pay for it. Oh. Um, you know, so and then you end up taxing your bullpen, um, which nobody wants to do this early into the year. So I, I don't know. Here's I still, thing, CJ, I still think it really hits the year. No, oh, I agree with you on Atlanta. But it's, what's funny is it's not. It's it's early in the year, obviously, in terms of a normal season. But man, the reality of it is, you you play another week, and then man, you're down to only having a month left before the, the playoffs start. So 
we're kind of getting to a point now where it's like you got to start honing it in and and really figuring out how to peak uh, if you're some of these guys going into this last month. Here. I mean, we got yeah. about two weeks till it really would normally be like, oh man, these games all are crucial, crucial games. Right, but what I mean was when I say you tax your bullpen, I mean if you look at some of the schedules, um, doubleheaders you know, like galore. And, well, you yeah. got doubleheaders galore, but I was looking like you know the Yankees today. I was watching uh, their game with the Braves. Was watching it through the Yes Network, and they threw the schedule. But what's coming up? They're off tomorrow. Then you've got four against Boston. Uh, Tampa comes in for three, and then they're playing the Mets. I think for. Uh, four and there's no days off on those, so that's oh, yeah. that's going to be the interesting thing. Is is there's not you as many built in the pen correctly. You just have yeah, to. there's yeah, there's not just as many days off as you normally would get. So you're going to have guys, you know, that are you know, they might be available for games two and three, you know, games one and two of a series, and that third game, you're they're not going to be there just because you're going to have to give them a day off. Yeah, guys um, just have to be smart about managing the arms because you don't want to get guys hurt, but you also they haven't had as much wear and tear on them as they normally would at this point in the season. So it's a little bit of a delicate balancing act there, and the managers that do it the best are going to be the ones that have their teams go the farthest, I think, as we continue to move forward toward this uh, magical 16-team postseason in October. Yeah, it's it's not going to be your typical thing where you can, you know, just kind of like, okay, I've got my five guys in the pen and I can run them out there and we'll, you know, we end up in a stretch where, you know, we play, you know, four, 14 games in 15 days. We can find somewhere in the middle to shut them down a day. You're not really going to have that as, as much at your disposal, um, which and I think the expanded rosters help a little bit with that. But at the same time, managers also want to, you know, are still also figuring out, okay, well, this is a guy I can trust in a situation and know to go to him. So uh, that that plays in a little too with some of those guys. Let's ask this question, CJ. I mean, are you, I mean, being a Yankees fan and you're up, you know, Tampa's, Tampa's kind of nipping at your heels a little bit with this five game winning streak they're on. But I mean, are you scoreboard watching yet or are you, are you still kind of focusing on your team here for another couple of weeks? before you really start kind of engaging the scoreboards. Now, I think for me as a fan, I'm kind of just locked into what I'm doing. I'm not really watching the, the, the scoreboard just yet. Um, obviously, going down to Tampa last week and not playing as well as, as they could have, you know, hurts that. I like taking um, respect from you being a fan because right now, for me, I'm – I feel like I'm almost like an observer to this season because I'm I'm not a fan really anymore of the season because the Pirates are just where they're at and it's it is what it is. So I, mean, I feel like I've kind of been scoreboard watching and kind of starting to kind of put together this playoff picture, maybe even more so than I would have had it just been the Pirates hanging in there at seven and six right now or something like that. Yeah, and and, and my perspective may change here. Come you know. Uh, Monday night, Tuesday morning, depending on how the series with Boston goes. Um, you know, obviously, I know Boston hasn't been real good, but it's still, you know, They've it's still atrocious. Boston. It's still they, Boston, they, New York. Yeah, Stupid crap you. happens. Well, uh, but, but if, here's the reality, dude. They are July dumpster fire bad this season in the bullpen and in the rotation. And that offense can't hit enough to save them. Yeah. I mean, and I, it's and, crazy. Baltimore is probably better than them, like legit. And I can't believe I'm saying that. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, and I think the biggest thing is as a Yankee fan, you're looking at it going, okay, you know, let's, let's get through these next couple of weeks. Let's get, you know, Stanton back in the lineup. You know, obviously judge sat out today with uh, what they called lower body tightness. Um, I didn't know major league baseball went to the NHL way of reporting injuries. Um, well, they've, they've been doing <laughs> upper and lower body extremities for a while now. Man. <laughs> You know, so – and I think a lot of it with judges, you come off, you know, down in Tampa playing four, coming off that turf, that that's a lot on that body, uh, a lot on the body to take. So, um, he'll probably – he'll probably be back in the lineup for the Boston series, um, you know, barring any kind of major setback for him. But, um, you know, I, I think if you can come out of the stretch – um, and you know what? You know, take four against Boston. That's, that sets up a really big series with Tampa. And if you can come out of that series with Tampa, uh, take two or all three from Tampa, I think then maybe you put the scoreboard watching off. But if you have another series against Tampa where you lose that again, I think as a Yankee fan, you start looking back over your shoulder and watching that scoreboard going, all right, how close is Tampa? Are we really going to screw this up? 
Yeah, I mean, I think at this point you're game and a half back. I think you got to worry about winning your own games before you really get there. Right, at but that's what I'm saying. That, but that, oh, I that, get you. I get you. I, I think that series coming up um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is gonna is gonna be a, a pretty big one. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm and I'm also I'm also gonna say this this real quick here about about the Yankees and kind of I think where they're at. I'm not sure I really trust that starting pitching right now to win me games in October. I'm not sure I do. Well, and I'm not really sure what to make of it because they've kept Tanaka on a pretty stringent pitch count. Um, they did it again tonight. He only went four because uh, he was up in the 50s, um, which and typically I, you'd let him go back out there. He's typically a guy that can throw 80 or 90. Uh, but they've got him on a pretty stringent pitch count to open the year. I think some of that is trying to make sure he's got enough left in the tank because they're really going to rely on him heavily. Because um, I think once you get kind of past Garrett Cole and him, yeah, there are some question marks. Um, obviously, um, you know, Luanza, if, if you know, he can – you know, he pitched tonight and pitched well. Um, you know, so I, I think they've got some question marks, questions, you know, where, where are they going to be at here or there, um, which is also I think they're going to be buyers um, at the market. They may go try and look to add an arm if one's Here's available. Here's the thing though, about so, that, CJ. Here's the thing about that. I mean, the reality of it is that trade deadline's in 18 days from now. And how many teams do you sit here and say are going to buy, are going to sell? I mean, yeah, there's a lot that probably want to try and buy. But, I mean, in terms of a seller – I mean, is Boston, maybe Boston, but you're not going to get the Yankees to trade with the – the Red Sox aren't going to trade to the Yankees. Hell would have to freeze over for that to happen. Um, yeah, that, you know, and that's – I mean, that's, Seattle, well, that's gonna they're be the hanging. Question. I mean, that's nobody in the AL, you know. I mean, in the NL, I mean, the Mets and Phillies are still kind of hanging. I mean, do you want anybody off the Pirates? I mean, I'm sure we'll be willing to take some prospects from you or something like that, but – after that, I mean, maybe the Giants might be thinking about dealing, but they're right there in the wild card hunt-ish as well, three and a half games. So, granted, I mean, there's going to be a little bit of time for some teams to kind of shake out, and maybe that deadline won't get really kind of busy or interesting until about a week before, so about maybe 10 to 11 days from now. But I just don't think you're going to be able to really add much this year at a trade deadline. See, and I, and I don't think you're, you really are either, and – yeah, this may be one of those things where Brian Cashman kind of sits back, him and Aaron Boone sit back and look and go, you know what, we 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 might have enough here. If not, then you know we'll kind of you know reevaluate you know when this thing is all said and done because, like you said, there may just not be a ton there available. I mean, I mean, you obviously... don't need bullpen pieces, and the only thing the Pirates can give you is Keone Keller. I'm sure that's going to be one guy who gets moved on some type of the, deadline. The, the name, pitches at all. yeah, the name I'm interested to see if anything happens with, and it was last year too. He was kind of the big name as you got to the trade deadline, and that's do the Mets finally pull the trigger on Syndergaard? Well, Syndergaard's not not available right now, so it wouldn't be this year. True. Um, I mean, you know, that could be an interesting thing too is how many teams are looking at financial flexibility and thinking, okay, we got to deal off certain people. And I'm not saying this about Syndergaard in particular, but maybe, okay, let's get this guy for two years. Kind of like how the Reds did last year, acquiring Bauer uh, and Freddie Galvis the way they did. Kind of looking at saying, okay, we're going to peak forward to 2021 here a little bit and build our team for that. Maybe that's where you get more deals potentially done than even this year. But it depends on, I mean, how are teams, how are teams really – focused in and how are they going to be here here in another week from now i think that'll really tell us where the market is is about a week from now where our teams are our teams really starting to separate our teams starting to really kind of fall off yeah that and that's that's going to be the interesting thing and i think i i don't think you're going to see a lot in the trade deadline this time around um you know, simply because like what you said, it, it's going to be so close. Teams are probably still going to be in it, and they're not really sure what to do. I think you're going to see a lot of just stand pat, and we're going to run with the guys that we got, and we're just going to see what happens. Or you might have a team out there that goes, yeah, you know what, Let, let's let's make a trade and really set ourselves up for 2021. Yeah. Um, I think that, that, that could be a very 
plausible option. Um, I mean, for the you. Phillies and could I, be an interesting team to do that if they continue to kind of sputter right now. They could be a team. But then again, what what's out there in terms of pitching-wise that anybody wants from Philadelphia right now? I'm not really sure. Yeah, that's going to be the interesting thing. And, and I think if <sighs> – if you're a team like Boston, um, I think you're going to have to make some deals um, just to try and help replenish that farm system a little bit. Um, I know they probably don't want to do it, but I mean, I, I would be and scream to do it, but they probably do need to. Yeah. The I, I really think you've got to float Nathan Evaldi trade? out there. Evaldi is oh, yeah. about the only real option arm wise. Um, yeah. I agree with that. And they've maybe, got a, maybe they, Workman, maybe you can move him off to somebody. Yeah, they've got a couple of guys in the bullpen um, that they could probably look to move. Now, you're not going to get a lot back out of it, um, but it does help you, you know, salary-wise going into next year, um, which is crazy to say because it's Boston. They're kind of like New York. They just spend money. Um, yeah, but let's let's also be real about it. They don't spend money the way that, that New York spends money and how the Dodgers spend money. Um, oh, the Dodgers and, spend stupid money. And I'm going to say this real quick, CJ, and then I think we need to – to wrap it on up here, man, because the Dodgers just ended up defeating the Padres out here. Uh, Dodgers ended up getting that win and moving a game up on the pods, the Favas, as I like to call them. Uh, and the Dodgers and they're like plus 40 run differential. Well, it's, it's crazy <laughs> because they have, they've absolutely blown some teams doors off. Right. But yet they've also not necessarily won a lot of close games either. And I think the Dodgers pitching is worrisome for October. Kershaw with the bad back. Yeah, he's not pitching right now, but I've got questions about him. Bueller is the one guy who I really feel like I can depend on. Dustin May's been incredible. But do I do I trust I mean, I guess Dustin May's been real good. But then after that, I'm not really sure I like Urias. I'm not really sure I like anything else they've got in terms of a starting pitcher. I mean, tonight they had some guy named Ghostland going today, a young kid who who obviously didn't throw the ball pretty, didn't throw the ball badly, uh, but unproven for sure. Yeah, uh, and I know Kershaw made his first start um, last week, pitched pitched pretty well. You got to think if he's you know, 80% of, of Clayton Kershaw that, you know, that gives him a better chance than any to win. Um, but it's also yeah. Kershaw in the playoffs. True. But I think he's, he shed that off a little bit. I mean, it's a not like bit, he pitched, sure. it's not like he pitched horrible last year in the playoffs. Um, yeah. you know, so it, it, the Dodgers are going to be a team. Um, I, they're going to win a lot of games just, with their bats, I don't necessarily think it's going to be their pitching. They're not going to win a lot of one nothing, two one games. Uh, their yeah, ballpark they're, lends itself to that, though. So yeah, which is why I'm kind of shocked they built the team the way they did. Um, they built that to basically be you know the West Coast version of the Bronx Bombers. Oh, um, to some extent, they are. Yeah, so I, I'm kind of with you on that. You know, because runs are a lot harder to come by uh, once you enter that playoffs format. Um, so it'll be interesting to see with them, um, you know, what exactly all that curtails for them. That, that's going to be interesting to continue to watch. Oh, it is. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if they're going to catch the Rockies, watch the Rockies tonight or today, excuse me, uh, that day game on ESPN versus the uh, Diamondbacks. Man, I was so excited. And, and since, uh, and Antonio Sentinzele, uh, Sentinzele, man, that's a that's a tongue twister there. But uh, he looked really good. And like, man, the Rockies pitching has been really good. But then their bullpen blew blew up today. And I'm like, okay, is this more what I'm expecting out of Colorado, or am I? Do I think they're going to revert back to the way they were early on? They're still going to hit enough to where I think they're going to get into the playoffs, regard um, unless they absolutely uh, collapse. Coming down, coming down the stretch here, the, the last uh, thirty-two games. Yeah, I, I, I like Colorado. I like what they're doing. I think forty-two. I, excuse me, CJ. My bad. Yeah, I think you're you're going to see some teams um, that you're high on. Uh, bullpens are just not going to have a good day. Um, I think that's going to happen. The problem is, is sometimes in a sixty-game season, that 
tends to be you need those to be well less than you yeah. could absorb in a 162. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you need to tighten but, up sometimes in those games to give yourself an opportunity to come back and win those games. Yeah, I, as long as that And they get away sometimes too, and then you just kind of kind of throw out the towel and just let the kid kind of yeah, wear let him take it, his, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, let him take his lumps. Um, you know, for Colorado, I'm not too – like I, I don't think it's, ooh, panic button time. Um, you know, let's – you know, but I, I do like – uh, the way that team is built, and I, I like, I, I think that bullpen blow is going to be kind of more of an aberration than a trend. I'm just hoping that's the way with the bullpen. I do like the rotation, and I really, really do. I mean, I love the offense uh, and the defense too. The way they built that defensive team, they got a lot of speed too. A lot of young kids like Dahl, Hampson, Hillard, um, Arenado. I mean, they play great defense as well, and, and they take the extra base better than almost any team that I've seen and how spacious that course field outfield is for them. They do a hell of a job going first to third. Um, and so, like you said, I think they're going to definitely be there in the end, but I worry about them making a big, big run because of that bullpen kind of being a little shaky at times, even for, for my liking. No, I, I agree with you on that. I, and, but I think that's going to be one of those things, too, where um, as they get down to it, they're really probably going to push that starting pitching to ask them for a little bit more to take some of the pressure and stress off of that. Because um, we've seen teams in the past that had some shaky bullpens um, that kind of found ways to, to, to patchwork that's true. that. That's true. Um, the Red especially, Sox did in 2018. Yeah, you know, their bullpen was absolutely atrocious. Um, you can find but, ways in a short series to get a starter to kind of evolve like performances or, or kind of go down there and really man up and help out in those later innings, kind of bridging the gap to get to a closer if you have, a, if you have starters that are willing to do that. Yeah, you know, so the other, I, the other I, thing too, CJ, real quick, man, I, I, I think a team – I know we talk about the Rockies, and if you have a point on them, go ahead, because I was going to bring up the Reds. Was there something last on you had on the Rockies there real quick? No, I, I was going to agree with you. I, th- I think they're going to be able to find a way to kind of patchwork that and 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 hold and, and keep from taking on water. I, like I said, I, I'm really high on that team. I, I think they can do – they're they're going to be a scary team in the NL. Yeah, Blake Street Bombers. Now, now, I will say this. I don't feel as confident about them in a playoff series as I do the Cincinnati Reds. If the Cincinnati Reds find a way to get in there with either being the second seed in the NL Central, or if they're if they're able to kind of find their way into the into the wild card game there as a seven or an eight seed, the Reds are going to be a very dangerous out in the postseason when you can throw Sonny Gray, Louis Castillo, and Trevor Bauer at somebody Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's going to yeah, be real tough. It, it is, and it, I, I'm glad we're talking about them because um, I, I I I've been telling you for a couple years that pay attention to what's going on in Cincinnati. Um, good young core. Um, they got a kid as a closer who throws stinking BBs. Glacius, right, <laughs> he really Man. does. Throw well, that, you know, the Reds fans around here, you know, got a bunch of them that are my buddies. They're concerned about the bullpen right now because it has not been as good as they were anticipating it being. Lorenzen and Strope has been hurt. Uh, they haven't been real thrilled with it. But I think it will come back around, and then you put that on top of that starting pitching. Although Wade Miley has not looked good, although Tyler Maley's looked pretty decent for him, they always were able to hit the ball at the ballpark at Great American Small Park. So, I mean, and that yeah. offense is good. And they've been banged up a little bit with Moustakis and Zell, Votto. They haven't really been all together yet, and it's maybe starting to click, and they're really not that far out of contention. And they still got a lot of games with the Cubs. Yeah, I, I I like the way they're 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 set up. Um, you got to feel like Lorenzen's going to get healthy and figure it out. Um, that's a huge piece out of their bullpen for them. Um, you know, I, Sonny Gray looks back to himself again. Um, New York just wasn't a fit for him. I, the that for whatever reason, maybe the lights are too bright. Um, you know, they and the guys have said it, you know, not everybody can kind of handle that that market, that media. You know what, though? Maybe it's not even that so much, CJ. Maybe he just wasn't his best self. Uh, and, the and situation that's... wasn't as good for him there as it is in Cincinnati or Oakland, more a little bit more comfortable in that in that spot. And maybe you say bright lights, but maybe it's just, man, 
maybe it's just a little more comfortable for for somebody not necessarily being a part of the Yankees and that organization. No, I don't, and I, I don't think it's a bad thing. No, I don't. I don't think it is either. Um, you know, I mean, guys like Reggie Jackson have said it. Not everybody's built to handle what comes with the Yankees. There's there's a lot that goes into it. You're in New York. The media is huge. There's a lot of pressure thing, that puts on that pen strike. I get what you're saying, and, but you're almost building it up like everyone should want to be a Yankee. No, no, no. I, I don't I, necessarily think that's the case. No, I don't. I'm not. I, I'm not saying that. I'm just like I think sometimes. That's the way Reggie meant it, though. Probably, um, but you know, Reggie was always. I mean, you're talking about a guy who showed up at his press conference in New York and said, "I'm not coming here to be a star. I'm bringing my star with me." That that's who Reggie was. I mean, he was yeah. a much different cat. Um, you know, some guys can handle that really, really well. I mean, you look at a guy like Luke Voigt come out of the Cardinals. They traded for him. Has not missed a beat. It doesn't seem to affect him. Some guys, it's just it's a little different. Here's, um, here's the reality: if it was Luke Voigt comes from a from a winning organization to another winning organization kind of a kind of a classy baseball mad place in st louis a very enthusiastic fan base for the yankees as well so he was he was just able to kind of plug and play he 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 was and And he strikes out a lot and he hits home runs so they kind of expect that so it's like okay so when he does what he does you you understand he's gonna cane but he's also gonna hit the ball in the ballpark a lot so you're yeah, able and to take the good and the bad with those guys. Yeah, and I'm and I'm happy to see Sonny Gray pitching again, um, and and looking like his like his self and and helping looking out with dominant. that Reds. Looking yeah, and, and looking like an ace. Um, you know, it was one of those things. You know, when he got, you know, when the when the that happened, I was like, okay, you know what, good for him. You know, sometimes you just you, you need to be in a place where it feels a little bit more family or familiar to you. And for Sonny Gray, you know, Cincinnati, Oakland, those kind of places really work for him. All, and that and that's all well and good. And that's, you know, I, I got, you know, he, you know, I I don't think you can look back at his time in New York and say it was all bad. I mean, he had some really good outings. He had some really bad ones. But um, it, it's good to see him pitching well uh, for hey, them and, and helping the Reds baseball, out. Man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, hey, so and that that's, know, CJ, that's good for Cincinnati. It's real good for Cincinnati. And they've had a lot of those when this belongs to the Reds this season because of Sonny Gray. Well, at least a couple of their eight wins have been because of Sonny Gray. I think, you know, being being a Bucko fan, now being at the bottom of the division, I kind of have to look and say, well, who do, who do I want to win the Central? And I I think I kind of want to see the Cincinnati Reds win the Central. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Cincinnati is a very, very good baseball town. Um, you know, they love their Reds up there. Um, I've been to great, great American or great small, great you know, Mopark, as you call it, um, it's a. Oh, really, it is. There's, there's, there's no getting around it. It's, no, there is. It's the biggest band box this side of New York. But it, it, they do a really good job there of, um, you know, with that stadium, with how it's how it's laid out for the fans. It's a really nice fan experience. Uh, Cincinnati's a very good baseball town. Uh, there's a lot trying of, to bring them back. For yeah, the, for these big games coming down the stretch and maybe playoffs. So maybe yeah. the red legs will get to wear some red masks and uh, get to go cheer on the Reds as they try and make the playoffs. I mean, yeah, hey, it's, I, I'm, it's, rooting it's for good. Him. I'm rooting for him out of everybody in the center. I'm rooting for him to take out the Cubs. Um, I just, I think they're better than Milwaukee. I think they'd represent the division better than Milwaukee would. And the Cardinals are just, I don't even know where to begin to even to know how to feel about them, but I don't like them on the whole all the time. So why would I ever root for him to take out even the Cubs this year? So we, we we need to get Mike Carnival in this thing and I ask mean, him what's going on. Are they ever like going to play Jason again? Days right now, man. I mean, this is terrible. Uh, it's it's just painful to be a Pirates fan right now, man. It really is. But, I, I I'd love to tell you to have hope, but I don't I don't I don't know if that, oh, that phrase oh, works anymore. Hey, there's definitely reason to have to have hope. Um, they've lost a lot of games this year, but they've also been tight in a lot of games. And, and, and the reality is when you're not going to win and compete for a championship this year, they're all just trying to figure out and get a little bit better for 2021. This is how the next 44 games will be for the Buckos. They're just kind of going to be opportunities for guys to show that they are potential major leaguers. Yeah. I mean, you had a guy like Eric Gonzalez the other night had six RBS. Um, uh, maybe hell, he might have gotten up to eight. I mean, that extra inning game was seventeen to thirteen. We missed the extra point against the Tigers. 
for Christ's sake. I mean, it was terrible. That I, I have never seen – the pitching in middle relief is bad. When, you're, when the IL is as deep as it is for the Pirates, and then you add in all these – all these injuries that have occurred from that bullpen that wasn't necessarily throwing the best anyway. And then some of the guys that were good, you know, throwing well, like birdie ends up having another injury. Kella being back is a nice boost, but they need a lot of help. And and hopefully they'll end up um, winning some games here and, and playing a little bit better, more 500 ish coming down the stretch. Uh, because I still do have them winning 25 games this year for a bet. So that's not looking real good. Yeah, you're 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 really gonna need a, a a big kick stretch here for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with 24 games to go, I would pretty much need them to. I would pretty much need them to go 22 and 24. You're gonna need them to go on that kind of run like the Mets did here. They went to the World Series. <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, 500 ball, 500 ball from here on out would be a really good step for the Pirates, and I'd be real happy about it. Man, CJ, I mean, you're going to get to continue to keep rooting for your Yankees uh, deep into October, and then at that point I'll just be talking college football. So, man, um, but not like I won't be paying attention to baseball because that's, 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 that's what we do, man. Absolutely. We, we, love, we love the game, man. True seam heads uh, unite, and this has been a season like no other. Brother, I appreciate you joining me, man. And uh, until next time. Absolutely. Sounds good, man. See you on the porch, buddy. Bye, sir. It was great talking baseball with CJ. It's going to be an entertaining next six weeks of uh, MLB uh, action. It's going to be very nip and tuck. You've got 16 teams going to make the playoffs. It's going to be a great weekend for that initial wild card i guess they're going to call it weekend a lot of teams are going to still be in the hunt the padres the rockies in the west giving the dodgers everything they can ask for somebody's going to make it out of the second place in the central believe it's going to be the reds we do think so it's going to be really interesting to see how the american league how that power trio at the top the yankees the twins and the a's yes i said the a's uh will continue to kind of emerge and see if they separate from the rest of you know, the, that American League, uh, rest of the American League. So next time out here, we'll talk a lot of college football. It's really swirling. And RIP till the spring for the Big Ten and the Pac-12. We'll get into that a lot. Some NFL discussion. Maybe basketball, too. The bubble's finally uh, gotten us to the, to the playoffs. So we'll talk, we'll talk a little basketball, NFL, college football. Lots swirling. The cornucopia of sports has opened back up. It's great to be a sports fan right now because everything is back and available at your fingertips. So uh, until next time, we can't wait to talk to you here on the porch.